Hello, nomads, and welcome to episode 110. I don't know. That feels like a milestone to me. My name is Brandon. I will be your host for this episode. And uh, today we're going to be going for uh, a little walk, a little walk in the woods, a little journey for a couple days, but I'm not going alone. I got to bring some buddies with me. First up, I'm bringing over Eric. Chopper, sick em boy. Now he said sick em boy, but what I heard was chopper, sick balls. <laughs> and Dave? This is my age. I'm in the prime of my youth and I'll only be young once. Ooh, yeah. That's very topical. That but actually kind of hit me. Yeah, it does, right? You've seen that one hit yeah. <laughs> And new friend to the show, Nikki. No ace, just you. <laughs> just you, baby. Now, yeah. Nikki, real quick, welcome to the show. Um, you actually have a few things going on on your side, but if there's anything you want to plug, now is the time because we're going to get right into talking about Stand By Me. Uh, I would say if you're interested in me, you can head to nickpacone.com or ironagemarketing.com and you'll learn about what I do there. Nice. Short, sweet, to the point. <laughs> yeah, Love it. I like it. All right. Another Hit marketing it. friend, right. too. Which Yes. Always welcome. They, they I need to keep things. it short, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're in the middle of summer. It's July 2023 now at the time of this recording. And I don't know. We were thinking about some movies. I think Dave might have thrown this one out there, but he was like, man, a movie like Stand By Me really is a summer movie. Even though it takes place mm -hmm. what, Labor Day, specifically, we're recording late summer. just after. Still uh, technically summer. It's like late, yeah, late summer, end of summer. Yeah, and we just wrapped up Fourth of July, but it, it still felt like a, a summer movie. Um, been a while since I saw this, and it's so busy making the show, but I did, last second, tweet the question. I don't know. What did people think yeah. of this movie? Sure. Um, our tweet said, what do we what do we think of this classic? Which, yes, agree. <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic. Uh, yeah. Over at, at Nomads of Fantasy on Twitter, Kylan Savage said, for that run he did in the 80s and 90s, basically Spinal Tap to A Few Good Men, I'm always surprised Rob Reiner never feels like a part of the conversation about people's favorite directors. That Excellent is true. Point. He does have a, a pretty good resume. He, he's also very polarizing on Twitter, which I think kind of oh, okay. ups, upsets why people think of him. Right. Okay. So that could throw off his hey, cachet a little Stephen bit. Stephen King, which this movie is based on, is I follow way. him on Twitter. And that guy, it, you, he just... No yes. filter? <laughs> Between the two no of them, filter. They're, filter. they have made it, made it very clear who they do not want listening to them or <laughs> going through the material. Yes. Hey, man, it makes it easier, you know, for, yeah. for uh, fans. Uh, shoot the flick says love it it's on my list to show frankie for our show i would love if they did it on their show that'd be awesome more get people get more pe podcasts about stand by me i don't i don't think i've ever seen a podcast doing a movie review on stand by me i'm sure they're out there but i'm gonna say that That's... we're the first and best one so. <laughs> yeah, sure uh the psych effect podcast simply says a plus mm-hmm and yeah. quad pro quo podcast says love thinking thinking of picking it as my choice when we do our stephen king month in october so there you go fantastic got other awesome. other people yeah, thinking about it doing it list. yeah absolutely. i mean even stephen That's king great. said it i think it was at the time he said that like this is he thinks that this was the best adaptation of his film to or his books to film 
at a certain point. It might have been during the one of the anniversaries. But well, horror yeah. in general is incredibly difficult to translate to the screen in like a good way. Yeah, especially like you're doing psychological horror. This is this stands out because like it's it's not it's there's horrific elements I guess and some of it and maybe like the gross grossness of certain scenes, but like it's a, it's an emotions movie. It's mm-hmm. about like feeling what these yeah. kids felt. It's a coming of age so, story. It really does like captures yeah. that like loss of innocence and like I don't know because Stephen, Stephen King does have kids in a lot of his books like between it, um, Dreamcatcher, this one like they're. He's riddled throughout, but I don't know. Just the the portrayal of this, like this little snapshot of these kids' lives, like I don't know, really really sticks with you. One another big thing about this one that I think it sticks out is because of like how famous so many people Mm. in this movie went on to become. That's true, (laughs) especially for kids. Yeah, yeah, kids. They usually don't. I was gonna pan out. I mean, we'll save it for the full full conversation. But uh, I was gonna peg you, Brandon, about the. The kid acting because i know how you feel about kid it's actors. always i always hold it against the movie no 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 that's this movie's got good kid acting man. absolutely some of the best some of the best especially what they're asking for them to do for sure never took me out of it um if anything i appreciate it as i got older but dave i know we have uh another stephen king movie um, <laughs> adaptation Come, coming, coming up, up actually actually pretty soon right uh yep before we get to that we are watching true grit next week for everybody that wants to play along at home uh going into the western scene for a little bit uh the 2000 like 13 remake by the it? way okay see that's the one i saw and mm-hmm. i something i did not know and had I'm a good 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 kid actually. going into this one blind so uh after that summer of arnold continues with the stephen king adaptation of running man which I don't know stands out for me as one of the one of the, a great Arnold movie, a great eighties movie. And then uh, after that, <laughs> we're getting into uh, Reservoir Dogs that round out the month. Um, going over to Tarantino Land to to get Eric into that one because he has fill yet my to see Tarantino it, so. hole and Arnold yep. holes. I'm excited. Yeah, That's one of the one of the few Tarantino movies I haven't seen, which is crazy because it's like one of the most one of the only ones I like. Renowned. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm excited for that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So that was calendar. Thanks, mm-hmm. and we're good with social. Uh, oh, yeah. Just shout out to the Discord, nomadsoffantasy.com/slash/discord if you want to hop in there, chat with us. We're all you know. You can. We always take in suggestions for the show, questions for upcoming episodes. So hop in there. Nomadsfantasy.com slash Discord. Boom. Well, thanks for plugging that. Uh, see how much money we have. I don't know. Maybe we can get some snacks between uh, the acts. And when we come back, we'll dig into Stand By Me. Right after this. <laughs> Dum do dum do be do dum 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 do dum do be do dum softly dum do dum
Alright, we are back. Rack 2, talking Stand By Me, a Rob Reiner flick. Now, I try to remember directors' names. Like, I knew Steven, uh, Steven Spielberg. I knew Stephen King wrote this. Uh, I think it's called The Body. Mm -hmm. I think that's the name Correct. of the book. A novella. And I don't know if I... Yeah. But Rob Reiner, I, I'm like, I know the name. What did he do? I looked him up. I'm like, oh, that guy. Okay. And then, like, oh, my God. He, so I looked at his history. I never knew he was like the, the stepson in, um, uh, or the son-in-law in Archie Bunker's show or whatever. The, oh, the TV All show. in the oh, Family. Is that the one? All in the Family. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. I, well, he has hair and he's younger. So I never knew that was the same guy. But he started his first movie, which he wrote and directed, I think, and acted in which was Spinal Tap. I think he wrote it, but he directed Spinal Tap. I'm like, no way. This is the same guy. Stand By Me is a good movie. And so Spinal Tap. And then I looked at it and I saw Princess Bride. Fuck no, yeah. A, a, a Few Good Men. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit. Why don't, why don't we talk about this director more? Like he's got, it's like the same guy that did, um, um, what was it? Uh, Contact and Forrest Gump and uh, Back Zemeckis to the Future. talking about? Yeah. Robert Zemeckis? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't... I don't know. Like Some of these guys have great movies in their portfolio. Zemeckis is overshadowed by his peers. Like He was a, friends with Spielberg. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That was a big thing. And <laughs> it tends to be like if you're friends with Spielberg, everyone's talking about Spielberg. Yep. Okay. It's tough. All right. But this guy, Rob Reiner, he did a great job. He... He he has some legit movies, but I yeah, I don't know if people know his name as well. As I haven't seen a lot of his newer stuff, um, from like the two thousands on, but from like the eighties and nineties, like everything in there is kinda classic. Which is kinda interesting. Um doesn't look like he's done anything. Family Squares looks like that was the last one or something in twenty seventeen, but okay. hmm. and then on the other side, Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. wrote this right uh we're all familiar with his work um but i don't know if anybody actually read this actual source material has anybody read no i have not i have in fact read oh, the yes. book. you have nice all right I'm, I'm a huge stephen king fan I, initially i saw the running man i wanted to come talk about that <laughs> oh wow since i have a podcast since i have a podcast where i talk about science fiction movies i figured i'd save it for that there one. You go. Oh, there you go there you okay. go so you read the book but it, it I, it's well it's a novella and usually it's packaged in a, in a collection you'll have the body and then like three or four other short stories with mm -hmm. it i can't remember which collection i read it in but i have in fact read that and it's uh very hmm. good okay what's it's one of king's more emotional works is why i like it okay what's so like what it, it's not a whole lot different, frankly. Oh, really? So that's probably why he thinks this is like the best adaptation. Right. Pretty fanciful yeah. adaptation. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. One of the, there's no supernatural stuff for people to get bogged down in. How do you portray? It's a simple story about a bunch of kids and kind of dealing with the horror of the bully next door. Honestly, right. I from what I've seen, I've found that authors like when you stick very closely to the original material when you're adapting their work. <laughs> As we uh, heard last week when we uh, were talking about V for Vendetta, the author of that uh, comic did not like the adaptation. Oh. I feel like more often than not, the the author is not a fan of the adapted work. In fairness, 
he doesn't like anything. He's a very cant- he's a very cantankerous personality. It sounded so that's kind of what we were debating. That's what we got from it's the girl, Miller. Yeah, it's Miller, right? Yes. Yeah. He's also the guy that did like the Dark Knight and Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah, and okay. <laughs> he's a particularly pessimistic man to begin with. Obviously, you could tell from what he writes about. So, th- so but this is a novella, you said. Yeah. Which is a, sh- yeah, those are shorter. So I think it probably was easy to do a pretty good, um, you know, um, screenplay. And to your the, point, get- Nikki, it's like, it's a pretty straightforward story. So it doesn't get kind of garbled with some of the stuff left to interpretation. It's kind of just like, this is a story and we're, we're just going to tell it in movie form. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. But the good news is, not only does the author like this movie, but a lot of people like this movie. I think we all like this one, right? I'm kind of making a statement for all of us here. Yeah. But... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then well, we... that's kind of why I, I wanted to go to Rotten Tomatoes and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah the critics I, I, and the I've people it, like it. Um, I mean, it's kind of, uh, I feel like it's ingratiated itself into pop culture a bit, which is how I was sort of introduced to it, you know, before I actually saw it, which I. Probably saw it first in college, so maybe like okay, I don't know twenty, I don't know six or twenty. When was I in college? Twenty thirteen ish. So ten years ago, let's say, first time I saw it. But I, I've always heard like you, you want to see a dead body? You know, that's like such a <laughs> iconic <laughs> phrase. <laughs> Not said to me personally, but no, just in like pop culture, you know, you hear that phrase a lot. So it's like I knew what it was from, but then when I finally watched it, I'm like. Okay, this is yeah, this is a good a good movie here, and I'm I'm glad that I hadn't seen it you know for a while. I've seen it recent enough to remember the main beats of the story, but watching it again, I was had my you know podcast eye on a more critical lens looking at it this time I was watching, so I noticed a lot more nuances in like the story itself and like the performances by the kids, the kid actors, which. Like you said, I mean, we said it at the top of the show, but this is probably some of the best kid acting I've ever seen in a movie. Just the emotion well, that they convey and that they brought is was phenomenal. Well, and I think especially like you don't expect that out of Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman is not the world's greatest right? actor. Like he's, he's a kid actor and he's well known, but not for the acting that he does. And man, like some of those motions where he's talking about his father and like you really feel for the kid. Like he he yeah seems like you know that that disgruntled shit head that he would have had in high school that like just couldn't quite get things together and you can see how he's going to become that guy in that pain that's that and that's one thing i love about this movie and it's like it's like it is very emotional because it's like you can see how these kids kind of fit into stereotypes of other kids that you knew when you grew up and i don't know which one of us fits into which kid in this movie but um I was just a fat the, kid. Yeah. <laughs> I was a, I was <laughs> that, a shy That's me. One, but, um, but, like, they don't tell a lot of stories like this that have, like, that brutal honesty of, like, kids growing up and, like, that... I said loss of innocence before, but it's like that... It's like that last end of summer before, you know, you go on to, like, the new school and kind of all your shit changes and you got to start, like, you know, looking at life through a different lens. And, like, this is a like the perfect encapsulation of like that one moment in time that you get, you know, before where are they going to like junior high? What is that? 
like yeah. sixth, yeah. eighth grade, eighth grade. It's the transition 12, between, so. yeah. 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 Like Something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, well, no, go ahead. Well, it's just one of the things you mentioned that this movie, because it's so popular. And one of the reasons, certainly when this movie came out and thereafter, is Rivers Phoenix right there is was supposed to be like the next big thing. Like, obviously killed this movie. And he had a few things after this. Uh, but he died very, very young. And so a lot of this movie was this was his breakout role and kind of showed, oh, what's this guy going to be? And then it gets cut off. and He never gets to be what he's going to be. And so because of its connection to him, it, it was always going to have some type of, you know, <laughs> cachet about it. Yeah, yeah that's kind of crazy. I did like, uh, what year did he die in here? Let me check 90. it out. 1993. I just, like I was like, yeah, thir- I was 23 years old. When 13. He died. Yeah. When it happened. And I do, I like still remember hearing the news about it, but not knowing like, you know, exactly what was going on um, with it. But like it's kind of like I don't know. Let's think the only other actor I know who, who's passed away that young was was a Brandon Lee, yeah, Bruce Lee's son. Mm-hmm. I think Crow. he was twenty three when he went too. Which yeah. it was like, mean, like a year later in ninety four. I feel like I yeah. think so. That's crazy. The Crow, uh, yeah, and the filming of the Crow, yeah. I think one of the movies or one of the main reasons this movie works, at least for me, is like I mean, like you were saying, Dave. They do have the typical archetypes for each of the the kids, but it's very relatable. Oh, you know, extremely. You, think, you can you just think back to when you were this age, when you were hanging out with your group of friends, doing whatever you were doing. Like it, it, it's a different time. Like and all of these kids, like you know that they're you know kind of the backstory of their lives. They're all sort of outcasts. Their parents are more or less you know not really paying attention to them so they're just kind of out doing whatever they want to do hanging out with each other and it's like you know they're kind of the only family that they have at this point you know they're so close that they that they treat each other as family you know and when their home lives all of their home lives are kind of shitty you know so it's, it's like you it's get a very relatable that. story yeah yeah well, the outcast thing is endlessly relatable because it doesn't matter who yeah. you are in school. Everyone at some point feels like the, the odd man out, the weird person. There's there's no feeling more universal than just being, you know, oh, the outsider. Especially at that age. Like, it's mm-hmm. an awkward age right before, like, as you're hitting puberty, you know, things are changing in your life, you know, physically, mentally, you know, emotionally. So it's it's a very strange time. Well, you see that with the with the older kids, too, because, you know, Kiefer and his crew, like they're rolling around and they're worried. They're worried about like carving tattoos into their arms with razor blades. And they're only (laughs) like, I don't know, five or six years old than these kids. And like these kids are going to go from from this to that and like, you know, a handful of years. And like you can see the same the same like group mechanics in that group kind of, you can see the shy kid and you can see like the ones that don't want to tell him you see the hard ass alpha. Like it's, it's weird to think of the transition from one to the next. I like that you're talking about this though, because it's like, you're talking about how, yes, we've seen these archetypes before. Right. And we're trying to say that's who they are. And I actually, I don't think I've ever really noticed this, but just, yeah, when you watch it for a show, you're like, how am I going to have a discussion about this movie? What do I got to pay attention to? And I was looking at one of the, themes i guess which is 
you still are like these they're young and it's all about you have your future to really make like to tell the world what you really are right and that's like the to me that's what the message is it's about like life and death and like who are you so like like the death of denny um that's affecting will wheaton's character uh oh, uh, gordy what's gordy. his name yeah mm-hmm. gordy. Gordy. gordy yeah thank you you know, like Gordy is saying, like, like there's like his best friends, like, yo, you are a great writer. We see what's special in you here. But everybody else is just seeing the young kid of Denny. And they're like, Denny was going to be this great football player. And what are you doing? And it's just like, who are you? Same thing with all the other kids, like where Chris is coming from a rough family and his older brother's a delinquent. Sounds like his family is just seen as like these like delinquents. So he's like, yeah, I might even be a delinquent, but I should be a delinquent because of what I've done, not because of what you think I should be. And it's everybody's like trying to figure out what what is my legacy. And I think that was the message of saying, like, what are you going to do with your life? Because some people die young. You still have your whole life to do something. And, and if they say you're this and you're not, then show them that you're not. And look at Chris. He goes on to become like a lawyer, you know, trying to make a better world. So. I don't know. I, that's something I noticed with this movie after watching it so many times. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, um, I don't know. It's kind of sad. It's, it's very depressing movie. It is oh, like, it's that, not a, the it's not a feel good movie. No. For sure. Yeah. Like at the end of the movie, like, I felt like, Oh, I kind of yearned to be 12 again, actually. Do it again. It does give you that. And it's very nostalgic. And that's one thing I was going to say yeah. before when we were, before we started the whole conversation is that like, I don't know if the younger kids are, that grew up with cell phones and computers and internet are going to like relate as much to this movie. It may end up being, you know, that us older people that, you know, had dial up modems and, you know, time in the, <laughs> you mean time the era in the when 80s kids with, could be gone for no two cell days. Phones? And yeah, just be gone like, for two and, days. And the parents don't even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 12 years old, like smoking cigarettes, walk around with pistol. Just like, <laughs> what is going on? If I find that like, my kids are doing that, uh, we're we're leaving the state. That sounds like <laughs> it sounds a lot like like what we were saying before. Like I'm I didn't live in the country country, but like you know I may have t- taken my dad's pistol out and shot it out a window at a tree or something like that. Like it's, it's stupid shit that kids do. It's just like, dumb shit. They're yeah. fucking dumb kids. It's part of growing up. It yeah. really is. They- and I like, guess as the resident like you said, country finding boy. out who you are. <laughs> as the resident country boy, I'll say, yeah, this is the kind of stuff country kids did. Let's, <laughs> hey, let's follow the train tracks and go camp in the woods. Like, oh, hey, yeah. what else are we gonna what else are we gonna do for fun? Let's right. fucking go explore, you know? Yeah. But oh, the, the, the movie so it, it's a good story. It's well directed and it's well acted. All those kids showed up. I mean, Phoenix was phenomenal. Like I remember thinking, like, wow, what a cool friend he would be if I was like a kid, like when I was a kid, but like seeing and I was an adult, like, man, if you had him in your life though, like that's like the best kid. Yeah. He's put his arm around you. I see something. Dude, in he's you. got You're your the... back. He's supportive. Like, he's, yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, like, that you know, is like the best friend. You know, ever. like having that one friend that would literally, I mean, at that age, they would have literally done anything like for each other to protect each other. You know, like even at the end, like when uh, fucking what's Kiefer Sutherland's character Ace comes up and they're trying to take the body, you know, Gordy just fucking whips out the gun. No questions asked. Stone cold. Like, I will shoot you if you try to take this body. Like he's protecting his friends. He's protect like he's at that point. He's protecting more than just his friends. He's protecting like 
the I don't know what it like the legacy and like the idea of innocence because like he says like you know at first they want to be the heroes find this Ray Brower kid you know they'll be famous get their names in the paper and that's what the older kids were thinking too but at the end Gordy's like no we have to leave him here you know we can't we can't be the ones to take credit for this you know it just has to be you know and they puts everything in perspective for him I think Gordy has the most like revolutionary moment at the end there they stole his Um, fucking hat like I know, dude. That's, like, yeah, that was that's pretty fucked up. Like, you oh, he should have like, been like, and leave the hat, right? You know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, and they were saying, like, in the in the behind the scenes documentary, that Gordy never gets the hat back um, because Ace threw it away immediately after stealing it. Sure, which makes it that's a like, dick move. Even bigger of a dick move. Like, oh man. Well, but, but I think, I think with his character, had he done anything like that and leave the hat it would have ruined the honesty of that moment because mm-hmm. and you're watching them and he's got a gun in his hand and he's pointed and, and he's never been more scared in his life than at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, because at 12, like you, you have a real, real dangerous life situation. Sure. You're suddenly tossed in the middle of, it and you don't know what you're doing. Is this the right thing to do? Like, am I going to die tomorrow? Like, is he coming for my family? I, I, you don't know. You're not, you're, you're not going to have like just, <laughs> You know, you're not you're not, <laughs> not gonna be dirty hairy and say something. <laughs> you're not dirty hairy. You're a scared little boy yeah. who's you know just standing up for himself the only way you have there. It did have that moment. Did have uh, one of those movie tropes though, where it's like it's like the the person you, you're aiming the gun at doesn't think you have the guts to do it, and instead of saying anything back, you cock the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Now it's serious. You were aiming it at Let's me, but it. once you cocked it. Like, the, he said, Ace said dare, and then Gordy said fucking double dare. Like, yeah. You know, he's just one up in it. That's the that's the escalation of. It's a, it's a game a of gun. chicken, you know? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't <laughs> back down. He doesn't back down. He's crazy. He drove yeah. at that truck without moving his car. It's, but I think, like, that scene would have less of an impact. You have to have the hat stealing scene in, before they leave because, I mean, it also sets up Kiefer as being, like, the bully who can kind of, like, bully their group's leader essentially but then mm. you know they have the callback to it later in the movie where you know they're the ones that provide that climactic scene essentially yeah it's cool yeah I don't know. it's well i mean stephen king writes good books so it's not really terribly surprising that you know it's a good like i like a lot of stephen king stuff as well he writes um, good books he writes really bad books too <laughs> yeah some of them i try only to read the good ones i kind of i want to get this novella though now and kind of give it a Oh, this was one of the, on the good side. Huh. I'm just always taken back to the Family Guy bit, where it's like, "Oh, yes. and a lamp monster attacks New England town." Are I you know even trying exactly anymore. What you're about. <laughs> I love that one. Everything's always in New England, no matter what. I love the Dark Tower series, but like Dreamcatcher got me. Yeah, got Dreamcatchers were decent, but we'll see. You seen the uh, Langoliers adaptation? That's that's a classic. Is that? In the, is that in the oh they're the old one from the nineties with Belky yeah, the made for TV movie yeah <laughs> yeah it's I it's, watched that like so many times as a kid really like we yeah we just had that on VHS and we would just oh, pop shit. it on and it, it's it, it's so bad that we would just <laughs> get it's, it's not it's not good but it's entertaining no, it's fun to watch though like the nineties the stand movie was like a like a four night. It was a big thing. deal. It kind of like the same thing. I remember that when I was a kid. Yeah. But once again, for a made-for-TV movie, look at the cast that you have. Oh, in the yeah. stand. Like, it's ridiculous. Also. Yeah. Hmm. 
I don't even remember. It's been it's been a long time. I mean, it, but that's back when like anything Stephen King did, like he they were gonna get an A list cast. I mean, um, it you know look look what you get for it for a cast. Like it's just there's Tim people, Curry. Come on, like, people signing up yeah. to to work on those movies back then. Oh, Gary Sinise was in it. Mm. Yeah, there's some good. Well, guys. Stephen good King had success early on though because of Carrie. Like he wrote the book next year, big movie, and it was a big hit and. You know, they were like, hey, the horror guy like makes really good stories that are good for movies. And they just like were crushing them. And he's like, I can write other stuff. And right. And they're like, no, we don't care. We just want you to write this. Right. So he had to come up with like his ghost name or whatever. And he came up with whatever. So he could write Green Mile. Stand Richard, by Richard Bachman. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, but Bachman, I actually like a lot more of his stuff than I did King, frankly. <laughs> I've heard that. I think my brother says the same or something like that. Because you got Shawshank Redemption in there. Right, and desperation. I think was Bachman, and that's a really good story. But yeah, Dave, like Dave, you were you're talking about like the kids, right? And mm-hmm. you were saying, I think it was you, like before we were recording. I was like, man, I tried watching some of this with my little kids, <laughs> and a yeah. uh, four year old and yeah. eight year old. What's what's I'm not overprotective, but like there's some words in here, and I'm like, you'll get in trouble if you say some of these words, man. And, uh, <laughs> so there in my, my four year old is just like kept trying to watch it. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to pause this because they just found the body. And he said, mm-hmm. it's going to be like kept, a core memory for him later saying, in life. Uh, what about the dead kid? Dead kid's body. I'm like, don't ignore that. Ignore that part. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to scar your kids for life. But yeah, that's what kids talk like that's what they it evokes that you know because you want to be cool you want to sound cool when you're that age you know so you're using all the swear words you know calling your friends <laughs> shit bags and dick faces and whatever yep. else just any you know. any degrading thing you can come up with somebody your buddy's mom about your it's <laughs> yeah, all mom exactly. like a lot of that so kind true. of humor forget they're talking about somebody's tits at some point um oh and the mickey mouse club that was one of my like favorite oh like, yeah like buddy, buddy, like you talk about chicks conversation is, you know, it's just it's a great encapsulation I mean, kind of, stuff, of that time. It's the kind of stuff you talked about when you're 12 years old and the kinds of, you know, the kinds of things that you said, because it's like, you know, that's that's just what that's well, just what you did. And I feel it's pretty groundbreaking at the time because you, you didn't you never really got to see like a certainly that age of kid be that a real kid. Mm-hmm. They're, you're always either, you know, background and have like no agency you're just kind of like window dressing or you act like a kid and you know oh i'm very naive and everybody knows kids aren't that naive you just kind of put the act on for your parents certainly at that age because you know that's that's what's expected of you i guess it's not the secret knock i forget the secret knock let me in Open up. Oh man, you guys are not gonna believe this. This is so boss. Oh man, wait to hear this. Wait to hear this. You won't believe it. It's unbelievable. Let me catch my breath. I ran all the way from my house. I ran all the way home. Come on, you guys listen to me. This is boss. Come on. Sorry, sorry. Okay, forget it. I have to tell you nothing. Hold on, you guys. Hold on. What is it, man? Okay, great. You won't believe this. Sincerely, I ran all the way home. Screw you guys. Forget it. What is it? Can you guys camp out tonight? 
I mean, if you tell your folks we're going to tent out my backfield? Yeah, I think so. Except my dad's kind of on a mean streak. You know, he's been drinking a lot lately. You got you, man. Sincerely, you won't believe this. Can you, Cordy? Yeah, probably. So what are you pissing and moaning about, Verno? I knock. What? You liar. You ain't got no pad hand. You didn't deal with yourself no pad hand. Make your draw, shitty. You guys want to go see a dead body? Right. Especially at that time, too, like in the, well, what is this, 1959? Yeah. You know, kids didn't talk like that in front of their parents, or they would get beat, like literally oh, yeah. get a whooping, you know? So so uh, they got all of that stuff out when they were hanging out with their buddies. They're like, you know, we can't stay this stuff at home, but it's like a safe space, you know, that they created. Where this they can, movie captures all of that. They can just be themselves. Perfectly. Yeah. Like, if you're looking for a movie, and it's like, yeah, I used to like that movie. If you really want a movie that captures what it was like being a kid in the 80s, especially a foul mouth boy, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, the movie was this set is, in this is the movie. 50s? 59, I, I think. And that's, I don't know, one of the things I'm, we've been gushing about this a lot, but the thing that really kind of, I don't know, like, lets it sink in is the fact that the whole thing is kind of a flashback. And Gordy's mm-hmm. essentially writing like it starts the movie with old Gordy in a truck and he's looking at the newspaper of, you know, was it Chris that got mm-hmm. stabbed in a restaurant? Spoiler warning. Um, But then it, like it kind of like digs into the story and you get some of the flashback. And like, I don't think that like at the time, the kids don't know like what a core memory they're kind of creating for themselves. But like when you're an adult and looking back on things, you kind of have the experience of life that kind of lets you know, you know, what in your past kind of made those core memories for you. How often do you know when you're making a core memory? In yeah, your right, exactly. Like, it's just... always when you look back. I had so. I had one quote about this movie that I couldn't stop thinking of, and it's from The Office from Andy Bernard and I wrote it down right here. It says, uh, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. And like, it's true. That I think is like a great Very synopsis true. of, I mean, just life in general, but this movie, you know, I think in high school, you know, it's ending like an era. I think in college, mm-hmm. I think right before you have your first kid. Um, I think when you, you have these big milestones that are come up, you can see them. But when you're a kid, like you don't know that this might be the last of those summers that you've ha- been having for the last five years or something like that, you know, yeah. or that crew of kids. That's why Gordy as an adult chose to write this story, you know, in the, in the movie. Cause this was like a life changing moment, you know, mm-hmm. in his life. It's, it's something that shaped him for the rest of his life forever. Cause especially his, I mean, I think his friendship with Chris more than anything is kind of what shaped him throughout this whole experience because i mean they they sort of influenced each other and brought like raised each other up because chris thought he was nothing he thought he was a delinquent he thought he wasn't ever meant to do anything good in life gordy thought he was always just gonna be like you know second fiddle after denny died you know his dad he thinks his dad hates him he doesn't think he could do anything in life they sort of raise each other up and you know without each other i don't I don't know where they would have ended up. Well, so Brandon mentioned like this movie. One of the main themes seems to be like, who are you going to be when you grow up and making that choice? And this movie is very definitively when he pulls that gun on Ace, 
Like he's made a choice and he decides the kind of person that he's going to be. Yeah. He's not going to be someone who's searching for fame. He's going to be the guy who does the right thing, even when it's mm-hmm. hard, even when it's scary. And like, to me, that's his, I just became a man moment. Totally. He doesn't know yeah. that going into it, Absolutely. but like right there, that's when that happens. Jeez, come on, man. You're going to have to kill me, Ace. No problem. You're not taking him. Nobody's taking him. Come on, kid. Just give me the gun before you take your foot off. You ain't got the sack to shoot a woodchuck. I'll kill you, I swear to God. Come on, Lachance, give me the gun. You must have at least some of your brother's good sense. Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. What are you going to do, shoot us all? No ways. Just you. That was a very it's good It's funny because like, they're, they're just constantly yapping and joking and singing and picking on each other. <laughs> and little by little, they fall apart and they become like this man that they are to be or something like that. And they become quiet, you know, to the point mm-hmm. where like none of them can even talk. You know, and it's uh, there's so many things. I think that's why this movie works. It's just the first time you watch it, you you know, you just experience the story. And then the second time you watch it, you pick up some of the story that you missed. And then you start appreciating all the like nuances, all the things that we're, we've been talking about. And it's just like this is why this movie is regarded as one of the, the greats, I guess. Well, yeah. Another thing I think is awesome about this, and you kind of hit on it a little bit, uh, Dave, is that. So this movie th- it takes place in the 1950s, and between the four of us, we all agree that there is definitely very much some elements that we can all that feel honest to our childhood. But you know, we're, we're I mean, I'm a millennial, born in '84, and the world has changed a ton. Mm-hmm. Like history moved along, and in our generation, just decided to start sprinting as fast as it could towards something. I don't know. <laughs> but I I do wonder, you know. Time was very, very similar for my grandparents, for my dad, and for me up until a certain point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My kid does not have anything resembling the childhood that me, my dad, or my grandfather had in any way. Right. In a way. And yeah. I think the, about it, it all it's the time. Very, as a parent. It's very interesting to see that like contextually in this movie because I can talk to my dad and my grandfather about this and we can all you know, come to like some certain consensus. I don't know that the next generation would be able to come to any consensus with us because their experience is just so vastly different. Those damn cell phones. Yeah, it's a very good damn point. Damn cell phones ruined everything. <laughs> but it's good because movies like this make you think about this other era. And it's like, <clears throat> it's hard to recognize it at that moment. Like there's this thing I have where I have this little spot in my brain and it's full of sounds visuals and smells and it's my childhood of going to uh the arcade at uh, where we used to go to camp it was like a campground and they had an arcade 
uh, it's Rainbow Lake, Dave. Sure. Um, oh yeah, nice. But in the eighties, that there was an era where every summer new games would replace the old games. It was like a legit, a legit arcade experience. But I can smell it, I can hear it, I can remember the f- excitement I got when it came in. They got Mortal Kombat too. I'm good at that one. Getting live with the quarter up. And there's a whole generation of kids who will never know what that feels like. That little pocket, that little memory that I have of sight, smell, and sounds. And everybody's going to have them. It could be AOL Mm -hmm. chat messenger. It could be bowling. It could be whatever it is. These kids had that. You know, they went on the train tracks. They had leeches. They, you know, they had all these little things that happened, this memory, you know. But you don't know at that time if... You're creating that memory. Oh. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned that because it literally just jogged a memory I haven't thought about in years, Loose. In my own head, thinking about Dar- uh, Darien Lake, which was like a yeah. park slash campground we in all know about New Darien York. Lake. We know Darien Lake. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, and I just, I, I'm, I'm imagining. Pl- I'm, I'm immediately back in like the one arcade playing the X Men arcade yeah. game. And you just hear Colossus. <laughs> you just hear Colossus in your brain's ear going over and over yeah, again. I, I, I haven't <laughs> thought about it in years, and suddenly you're talking about it. I'm just I'm right uh, back there. That's yeah. crazy. Darien Lake's like a, just a little hop, skip, and a jump down the road from us. So yeah, that's kind of crazy that there's a core memory there because I could probably, I think I know exactly what arcade you're talking about over by the Ferris wheel. Yeah, somewhere yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> or like there's a beautiful. <laughs> I don't know if it's in the book or what, but in the movie, um, the one kid ha- meets a deer, yeah. and they've been sharing and experiencing this whole trip to with each other. But he's like, "I'm not gonna tell him about the deer. Like that's my memory with the deer, you know." And it's like this whole conversation is just making me think about moments that we have, and like you know how you hear like that thing where people say, "Eventually, something's gonna be the last time you do it, the last mm-hmm. time you get a." you know, uh, frosty at Wendy's. There's a last time you're going to do that. There's a last time you're going to drive this vehicle. There's a last time you're going to see that person or talk, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like stopping and just slowing down. Like you said, like how, like we're racing for what, like, why don't we slow down a little bit? Just because we can go fast. Doesn't mean that we should go fast. Ian Malcolm's Mm -hmm. always in my head. I love that quote, (laughs) but like, you know, it's just, we got to slow down and that Jurassic Park is this, are you uh, are you parlaying Doctor Ian Malcolm right there? I don't remember that. That's one. what he said. Oh, I mean, okay. right, yeah. I agree, wow. and I I think everything that everything that we just because you can doesn't mean you should. Ah, you know. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and know. that's. No, I was gonna ahead. say. I was gonna say to Nikki's point. Um, the kids nowadays might not have the same exact experience that you know these kids had or that even we had as children. But I think this movie does is still timeless because it evokes that feeling of being a kid. Even if, you know, you're not doing the same exact thing these kids were doing in the movie. It's the feeling of just being that age, being with your friends, no matter what you're doing, you don't have to be going on an adventure to find a dead body. You could just be hanging out in, you know, your friend's basement playing video games, which is what I did a lot as a kid. You know, it's just that, that feeling of bonding with your friends. Cause I, I don't think they're, they even say it in this movie, like at that age, at that time in their lives, they didn't have a friend, you know, Gordy said he'd never had a friend as good as Chris at that time, at that moment ever again in his life. You know, it's, 
There's something I mean, nobody special does. about I mean, that. He, he was an amazing bond. friend on that trip. Yeah, a bond between between friends, and like you, you can never you can never replace that. Hmm. That's a, a really interesting thing to take note of because it's definitely not how I teach my my, my daughter. Um, but the idea that like, and I found this to be in my life, honest, that most of your friends are very um, relational, and that. You know, my college friends are the people I hang out with college. Very few people that I hung out with college yep. do I still hang out with, mostly because I don't live in the same geographic area. But it's like once you're kind of out of sight, you're out of mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other than like those kids that you met like when you're kids, do you really kind of form bonds like that? Now, I've kind of actively taught my daughter to not function that way. I've taught her about understanding, you know, the economy of relationships and dealing with people and how to, you know – you invest yeah. in the investments that you get a return on. People don't return on your investment of friendship. You know, for me, it's like you're their family or you're not family. I will invest in you and call you family if you give me a good return on my investment. And in turn, I expect expect that I'll do the same to you. You know, you you put in, you get something back. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, when you're kids, that's real easy. When you're adults, that gets much, much harder to do because everyone's so wrapped up in their own business that it very easily becomes, you know, like, well, I'll get to them later, you know, get back to them later. But later never comes because you're so enthralled with what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. Oh, man. This movie's making me feel <laughs> like old even now. Who, I thought, you know, if people came to this <laughs> episode thinking that we would just be talking about the movie uh, and all that stuff, no. like we kind of did, but we're kind of talking about... Well, that makes you think about it, yeah, your own you life of. and your own experiences and how your experiences has shaped you into the person that you are and your relationships that you have with other people. So this movie makes you think for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can reflect on your own life. Uh, well, it, that's good. It's, it's a good like thing. That. King was great at that. Like a lot of people don't understand. Do you, do, you, do any of you know what Carrie is actually about? Puberty. I don't know if I've actually ever I've seen I've only Carrie. seen the online. movie, but like Maybe. a long time ago. The, the whole point in Carrie, and this is partly because he worked with his wife on the book. Yeah. It's about a girl yeah. having her period for the first time and how terrifying that is. Okay. It just happens to be that this girl, when she has a period, also has like psycho powers that happen too. Okay. But the whole core of that story and why it works and why it's as good as it is, is because it's about the terror and the emotions of being terrified because you're changing and, you know, you're afraid the world's going to look at you like a freak. Oh. And, it, you know, the more you give into it, the worse that becomes. Like I said, he, obviously with the hor- horrific elements added on to it, but when he's really attacking a true human emotion, God, he's, he, he, he can do some of the best writing in the world. But he's also known to be right. the monster guy, you know, the scary movie guy. And so a lot of people kind of gloss over the core to the actual, like, the heart of what his stories can be about. Wow. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I know. I wasn't everybody's expecting got, like, deep conversations. <laughs> I, I love this. this conversation. Go so deep, but I, I like it. Did you guys? Did you guys have a wow? There's like a ton of like very memorable scenes in this movie. You got like you know, chopper sick balls. You got the swamp. You got the the, uh, well, the crescendo know, at the man. end. I mean, I'm like, a sucker guys... for the pie eating contest. I, can't <laughs> I, I love that. Lard so much. Just out of nowhere, it just adds a bunch of stupid humor to. It, oh, and, uh, it's like how kids tell stories, though. Like, yeah, like I only a kid it. could come <laughs> up with a story. Well, well, to do to me that like is a specific callback 
to King's love of EC comics. And you guys ever watched like the Tales from the Crypt yes. TV yeah. show? Or, yes. Well, Tales from the Crypt was originally a, an EC comic that King is notably a huge fan of. That's like what gave him his dark horror side. And that like could have been pulled directly from the pages hmm. of an old EC That's comic great. strip. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, that was great. You know, it's it's a it's a parable in in its own right, but it's it's got that twist ending that like you know you're not expecting seeing, and that's how every single one of them played out back in the day. Okay, right. yeah, yeah. Lardass went oh, home and he just felt scary. he felt good about puking on everybody or starting this whole puke battle. Yeah, yeah, marveled yeah. in his yeah. <laughs> what a memory he created for everybody there. We're going to talk about the yeah. creating memories. I'm a, I'm a sucker for like the uh, the emotional. <laughs> moments in this movie like specifically the one between gordy and chris when they're like you know Gor- or chris is standing guard and gordy gets up and starts talking to him and then chris breaks oh, down yeah. you know in tears saying that he's no good that he won't ever be anything and gordy's comforting him like and the, there i got some insight you know before i was doing a little reading before the podcast and like they did that scene they did a first take of that scene and rob reiner basically told river phoenix like oh you can do better than that Think of your think of a time in your life when an an adult has really let you down and just channel that emotion. So he did the another take another take again and like a ch- child actor evoking that kind of emotion and actually being able to like have like tears in a scene like that is really impressive to me. Maybe I was sorry and I tried to give it back. You tried to give it back? Maybe. Just maybe. And maybe I took it to old lady Simons and told her, and the money was all there. But I still got a three-day vacation because it never showed up. And maybe the next week, old lady Simons had this brand new cigar on when she came to school. Yeah, yeah, it was brown and had dots on it. Yeah. So let's just say that I stole the milk money, but old lady Simons stole it back from me. Just suppose that I told the story. Me. Chris Chambers, kid brother to Eyeball Chambers. Do you think that anyone would have believed it? No. And do you think that that bitch would have dared tried something like that if it had been one of those douchebags from up on The View if they had taken the money? No way. Hell no. But with me? I'm sure she had her eye on that skirt for a long time. Anyway, she saw her chance and she took it. I was the stupid one for even trying to give it back. I just never thought. I never thought the teacher. Oh, give a fuck anyway. Yes, it is pretty heart wrenching. Like the, I don't know, like because it's not, it's not a happy. Like we might have said it before, it's not a happy movie, but it's like realistic. Like families are fucked mm-hmm. up. Like teachers, adults that you're supposed to trust are fucked up. Like, yeah, it's just it's 
is the losing the innocence and finding out that real life is like you know shit gets mm-hmm. real like like all of them have shitty parents yeah yeah all these kids i mean we don't really know about like what's his face Vern. Uh, J- uh jerry o'connell's uh yeah Vern. like we don't know about his parents that they're, they're probably fine but um the rest of them have fucked up parents like de- like the death of denny really messed up i mean yeah it's been five months since the death of their kid like they're of gonna course, be fucked up course, for a long yeah. time so like i mm-hmm. i get it but like but the, they still have another kid that's alive, and that's the thing that like they're not getting it. But you still have a kid right here in front of you. Yeah. He's right there, exactly. And he's, you know, like just waiting for some love, and his parents just won't give it to him. Um, and that's where like Chris is like they don't see what I see, like they don't know you, they don't see you. It sucks, but well, that's the reality of it. And I think there's something even in that, in that, you know, we're watching. Essentially, the next generation of broken people raised yeah. by broken people. <laughs> yes. Like, we don't, yeah. like, we, we could shit on, you know, uh, Gordy's parents for not loving him, it seems like, as much as Teddy. But the grief of losing a child, like, I, I frankly can't even imagine going through that. And, like, right. how do you deal with that? And and the thing is, is, yeah, you're maybe you're, from the context of Gordy, you're a shitty parent. But, like, you got dealt a pretty raw hand and... You know who who's who can you know who's the one that's going to point the finger and say you just need to bu- buckle up and get over this because to me that seems life destroying in and of itself. And yeah, it's just this this Gordy's bad hand that he got dealt a his poor situation that his parents yeah. got dealt. Yep. You know and that's you know Teddy's dad. Teddy's dad didn't ask to be the way he is. It's you know what he lived through that made him who he is. Yep. It's true. You know, it's it's just people that were broken by life <laughs> yeah. and their kids trying to not be yeah. as broken as they are. Yeah. Which is not, I mean, because yeah. the fact that it's a flat well, a flashback, you get to see at the very end as he's finishing the memoir, you get to see him play with his kid and he is kind of breaking the cycle and not being, I mean, his dad did, you know, have a kid die. I don't know if they would be the same way, but like he is like relishing being a father and like playing well, with his kids. He's been making those kids sure. wait for, like an <laughs> for an hour to go to our beach house. Yeah, I know. They're like loaded. <laughs> Did you... are, are any of you, you guys uh, Everclear fans? Yeah. Everclear from the um, 90s. From the 90s, yeah. yeah. Uh, Art Alex is. He, that's very, one of actually my favorite songs. That's right great. Now. It may have anything to do with why I married a black woman, but. Uh... Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, um, there you go. But I was going to point out specifically there's a line in Father of Mine, and it's specifically oh, where yeah. he's, he's gone through the song and he's like, and I swear I'm never going to let my kids know the pain that I've known. Mm, hmm. That's a sad thing to write. That's. T- I... You know, that was wow. a pop song. That's, yeah. <laughs> me, me and my wife talked about it this weekend. That's why it's on top of my brain. It's like, man, he, he killed that line, and that's a horrible thing to think. But man, this song is catchy. <laughs> yes. That is. 90s yeah. was good at writing some fucked up, sad songs, but like hidden under like, such like, like, like Brick. I think I heard Brick by Ben Folds 5 like a hundred times, and then I was in the car, and I'm like, listening to the lyrics for the first time, I'm like, Wait a minute. Is this song about abortion? <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck, this is really sad, man. Well, it, or what's it, third eye, third eye Blind, where he's talking about doing right. crystal oh. meth? Yes, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jumper's about like suicide, and it's just like... Today like, by the Pumpkins is about killing yourself. But you're like dancing yourself. when you say these lyrics. Yeah, Pumped Up Kicks came out like a few years ago. That's a fucked yeah. up song with fun. Until like, you actually catchies. sit and listen to them, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit, everybody's mm-hmm. fucked up. 
Hey, if you go back in the fifties though, like you'll hear some songs where the guy's like hitting on like a young girl, and I'm like, what's going yeah, on? There's with these a lot lyrics? Of that, yeah. You know, she's only sixteen. I'm like, oh yeah, well she's sixteen. <laughs> Why are you writing a song about it, guy? <laughs> but we're, we're still singing those songs in the eighties. I promise you. <laughs> she's up there, only she's only seventeen. So yeah, yeah. you're older. Kip Winger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I don't know. There, yeah, a lot of these songs are like that. But anywho. Um, but you don't get those 50 songs, like Lollipop. Like, that was I like, like Lollipop. It's a song that sticks in your head, but it's about, yeah. like, it's just Wait. got a dumb little hook to it, and it's like that 50s little. What's that song about? It's about murdering, I suppose, suicide, really. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, Lollipop's, <laughs> like, sex or something like that. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> like, no. I thought it was about Lollipops. I thought it was just. Yeah, you know, kind of, probably. I don't know. Did you, we're been... talking about the parents. Did you guys notice. Uh, Gordy's mom. Did anybody catch her face? She looked familiar. But she's also uh, the mom from Back to the Future when they go back in time. Okay. Uh, also oh. the mom from Gremlins. Yes, um, yes, that's where like, I remember. Uh, she's yeah. the one that like kills the thing and puts it in the microwave, and the other one in the blender. Yep. She's a badass. Yeah. So good she's a good eighties mom. She's yes. a very. She's got that like eighties. Cookie bush kind of hair, like that <laughs> yeah, little bouffant. I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, yeah, she looks very mommy. So, <laughs> very mommy. <laughs> I'm I'm curious because we've talked a lot about basically every character in this movie, and I don't think that his performance was any less. But um, you know, uh, Jerry O'Connell's portrayal of Vern, mm-hmm. like he, he none of him sticks out in the movie as far as like his story. But I think that everybody has that kind of nondescript friend in their world, certainly from their own perspective. It's just the guy who's there, yeah. and maybe he's important. He's part of the group. He's fun to hang like, out with, but you don't really have those deep yeah. connection with him. Yeah, I, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, like the way he leaves. They like didn't happen. Hey, he got married. Yeah, a couple kids. I was going to say, yeah. like, he gets a forklift. Married, has a kid, right. and gets, like, a blue-collar job. And that's, yeah, like, yeah. that's kind yeah, of, like, the pennies. most. Like, I lost touch with him, yeah. The most blah. Oh, we like, don't know anything about his parents. He doesn't really talk. He's just, thing. yeah. He he's a little aloof, right? He's a little disconnected, which is probably me in my group. Like I, I was definitely floating from group to group my whole life. I, I just didn't really have like, like I don't talk to anybody. More, I don't know. I don't talk to people much from my childhood <laughs> at all. Honestly, at all, you know. And uh, I, I can relate to him a little bit. Um, but I, I liked how he was just like naive and uh innocent i don't know uh he's a I little like he's a little slow too though like i'm not slow like but yeah he's not you can tell he's not he's not like the, the sharpest yeah he's not yeah. the sharpest pencil in the box he, he certainly wasn't and maybe this is because he doesn't have the background of the horror stories of like growing up that the other guys did yeah he, he he feels more childlike yeah, yeah. He loves oh, yeah. He's, he's not he, <laughs> He's not emotionally where any of them are. Yeah. No. Cherry Pez. Cherry Pez. Easy, easy decision. <laughs> easy decision. Like that answer right there is like the perfect encapsulation of like what a kid would say. Like, That's a good know. point. You know, Cherry Pez are good. Like, you feel like maybe he, he exists in this movie almost as kind of like to see what what we're, we're put, pu- pushing the other kids against. Mm-hmm. These other kids are clearly growing up. And this is kind of like you, you get to see where they came from, more or less. At some point, well, they were kids just like him. Hmm. But now they're all going off and becoming adults. 
Which mm-hmm. is like you can mm-hmm. kind of see based on like the way they act as kids. Like some kids are on an upward trajectory, like Gordy, and Gordy's trying to pull Chris up with him on that upward trajectory in life. Uh, who am I thinking of? Corey Feldman's character. Uh, he's kind of on that like fucked up, like cause. you know he's gonna slip and he's gonna have that downward trajectory and yeah. kind of yeah. I don't know. Teddy just kind of has that like neutral, like straight blending in in life not making not causing a fuss not doing anything kind of trajectory yeah so. Vern, yeah you live very sorry sim- very simple life you know yeah like you said he got married he stayed probably stayed in the same hometown his whole life and had a quiet life you mm-hmm. know Oops. which is, he's probably yeah, really I, good at being a forklift driver yeah sure. very prof- Best forklift operator on Castle Rock. <laughs> and he's probably really happy doing it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. He's probably like coaches he, like the softball team or something like that. Goes bowling on Wednesdays yeah. with you know the guys from every, work. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got his life. Yep. He's got Stops to take up a penny. He's happy, he's happy enough. Off the ground. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> well, I don't know. I, have we talked about everything? I feel like, yeah. There anything else that we... <laughs> Mess. Have we all grappled with mortality and I know right? it's like a, yeah it's <laughs> like it's this weird hindsight that like it forced like Eric was saying like it forces you to kind of go and like see see the comparisons of the choices and experiences you've had in your life and compare them to like these kids' experiences that they had and I don't know it's a it's a movie that I love watching but like will make me cry at the same time. Because, Did you cry watching it this time? Yeah, a little bit. What part got sure. you? What part got you? It's usually towards the end when he's given like the the history of everybody else as like what they went on to do, and then oh. you hear essentially you hear Chris gets murdered trying to like do the right thing. Essentially, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, tough, tough yeah. ending. It's a sad thing. All right, well, I don't know. Sorry to sorry to bring us down on that. <laughs> no, it's it's. I think it's a it's, it's true an important life, movie. It's an important movie to reflect on. Um, like the first time I watched it, I don't think I was really, you know, I was just along for the ride watching the movie. But this time around, I really was like honed in on the characters and again reflecting on a lot of my childhood and my own life through these characters. So it definitely made me think a lot more this time around. Maybe I want to watch Twenty Four again because Kiefer is. I haven't seen Kiefer in anything. <laughs> right. Twenty Four was awesome back in the day. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, nothing. I was just gonna say. Well, you probably it probably hits you because you're actually somebody. I mean, you're what forty two, forty three. Lost no. friends young. Like you can kind of relate to that. Like loot. Like hey, I can picture them in like fifth grade. But when they got like the 20 or whatever, like you've seen, you've had some people die that young in your life, you know? Yeah. So that's and I mean, everybody has life. their own path in life. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, drugs or cancer. Or, right. And that's you know, what I'm saying. That's a, like this movie is saying that these kids, you know, like they have a shot at life. What will, I mean, we know what happens to them, but still like when you're 12, right? The world should not be like dictating your path. You should. For sure. Given the opportunity yeah. to make your own future. And some yeah, some of us are dealt a card that's a little bit harder, you know? Not if you can can be like Teddy or uh, not Teddy, um Vern. You know? Vern. Vern. Mm-hmm. You know? At some point. I mean, bringing it back to the whole plot of the movie, like that's that's the whole point 
and plot device of Ray Brower, the, the dead kid. Like your life can be cut short in an instant when you're that young and there's nothing that anybody can do about it. You know, it's, it's weird when you're a kid too. Like, and, and like, it's, it's weird when you're a kid and like you're, the idea of life and death. It's just like, you don't get it. Yeah. You're faced confronted with that idea. But like, you probably would feel like, yeah, it's cool. Let's go find the dead body. We'll be heroes. Mm -hmm. That's what you would think. You're not thinking about finding a dead kid. I mean, that's that's why it portrays it so well. Cause they are like, it really hits you. It's like, holy shit. He's dead. And when they get there, it's like, yeah, this, this kid's dead. He's not sleeping. He's not sick. He's, he's dead. He's dead. And like, there's only one other movie that really like kind of gets that message across was when we watched unforgiven where they go and they find the bad guy in that movie and they like get their revenge or whatever that they're hired for. And the kid that's wants to be like Clint Eastwood, who's like an old, you know, veteran gunslinger. He's like freaking out. He says, it's a hell of a thing to take someone's life took away everything they ever had and everything they were going to have like death is a very serious thing you know but we're all guilty of it we love horror movies we like military movies we walked we'll play call of duty call of duty is one of the most popular selling video games you're just going around gunning people this one's world war one you know that was a horrible thing for people to experience imagine going through world war one and then somehow surviving to 2023 and kids are like playing, I'm on the, you know, German side or, you know, like, it's like Germans World War One, I, I think, too. And yeah, you know, yeah. what I'm saying, but like condition, morbid curiosity, you're not yeah. but like to really be there and really do it. That's a totally different thing. But there's a fantasy. There's like an idea about like finding a dead body or like killing somebody. Well, what, it, what I love about it, it's. It's we all when we're kids we have this idea of what it means to be a grown up and do grown up shit, and yeah. then they're faced with grown up shit and oh this isn't what we thought it was. Mm, no. Oh yeah. This is sad and mundane. So. <laughs> yeah. This is, like believe yep. in Santa, believe in magic. Everyone's hold good and no one dies. You can. Yeah. Hold on to that innocence. Yeah. Right. So that Adam Sandler in uh, what's it called there. Uh, happy, not Happy Gilmore. Um, Billy, Billy Madison, Madison where he's squeezing the little kids. Stay here <laughs> Stay as, long. as long as you can. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, you get Cherish it. it. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's oh, perfect. That's, so uh, that's funny. Um, all right, I think we're good on talking. Stand by me. So we'll we'll end here, and then we will wrap up the episode with a fun game of movie funny questions. Hey. questions uh nikki have you played 20 questions before um i've heard of it 
Okay, B rules are simple. The three of you are going to work together to figure out what movie I have in my head. Uh, you can ask any question, but all I can say is yes or no. So technically you have 19 of these, and then you have one guess. You could be five questions in, but once you ask what movie this is, if you get it wrong, it's over. So you want to make sure to so use those questions. Um, other than that, um, ask away, guys. I have faith in Nikki's movie knowledge. So yeah. confident. <laughs> and it's a movie. It's not a person, place, or thing. Let me you guess. It it's it's Teenage movie, so. Mutant Ninja Turtles again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm a, I'll kick it off. Uh, was this movie released before the year 2000? Uh, yes. Okay. I think we got to narrow down. Was this movie released before 1990? No. All right, 90s movie. Let's go. Uh, what genre of movie are we talking about? You got to well, ask you gotta, the genre. You have to ask the genre. Oh, so. okay. So, yeah, sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it has a genre. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me. <laughs> All right. I don't uh, how to phrase it. Well, no, here, I'll, I'll, I'll knock one out. Is this considered an action movie? No. Okay. Is this a horror movie? No. No. Okay. Hmm. Is it a male or female protagonist? Well, you could say, is it a male protagonist? Oh, okay, sorry. Is it a male protagonist? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. There's five questions. Um... Is there sci-fi elements in this movie? No. Mm. I had to think about that one for a second. Mm. So um, okay. Is a relationship grounded. central to the plot? Mm. I like that. Oh, is a romantic relationship central to the plot? Let me phrase that. No. Oh, man. Uh, so it's not not action, not horror, no sci-fi. Is this elements. movie part of a franchise? There you go. Good question. Or are there multiple? Are there multiple movies in this film series? Yes. Is this the first movie in a franchise? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. It is interesting. So it wasn't an action movie? Not an action, not, action, not a horror. Not horror. Not a sci-fi. No sci-fi no sci elements. Um, oh, I had one, and it just slipped out of my brain. <laughs> Does it center around vehicles? <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> Uh, no, that is 10 questions. No. Damn. Uh, I think we were going there. Um, is this movie based on a source material? Um, that is a great question. <laughs> um, Let me Google that really quick. And I do not think it is. Okay. Oh. 
so that knocks yeah, out. Yeah, it is uh, not based off source material. Huh. A movie made to be filmed with actors and <laughs> on the screen for people to watch. This is not uh, words on page. Okay. Is it feature adults as the core actors? No. <laughs> Oh, Ooh, nice call. Right. Questions in. We, yeah, you guys got we hit on something. A good, yeah, there you go. So let's see. Hold there. on. Let's take a, let's take a pause here and let's take a quick synopsis. Um, not action, not horror, not sci-fi. There is a male protagonist. Not a romantic relationship. Yes, part of a franchise. Yes, the first in a franchise. Not vehicle centric. No source material. And. What was the last one? Adult as a core is a no. Yeah, so Correct. so we could do something like Most likely. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or yeah, what's a '90s franchise starring kids? Starring kids. <laughs> That's not. I don't. I mean, you know. Oh, um. Kids would be. Does it involve <laughs> sports? Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. Ooh. It <laughs> it does involve sports. Yeah. Oh. What you thinking over there? So that's uh, 13 per- questions. Personally, that brings me to the Sandlot. Ooh, like, oh, very good. You have to know that there's more than one, and most people don't realize that. Yes. Is I'm, that based yes, off of a book a or anything? Not as far as I know. Huh. So it makes sense. It's a similar, you know, kids. So that knocks out, honey, I shrunk the kids. Coming too. of age. Summer. Uh, questions around. in. You got some questions that's to a, figure out. That's good. That's, that's a, good a call. very I, good call there, Nikki. I like that. Hmm. I did not know that there was more than one. <laughs> Is it? How many questions? I mean, it could be Mighty Did Ducks. Oh, um, yeah. What season does the movie take place in? Or it, it does it take place in summer? <laughs> yes. 14 questions. Mm. Is it centered around baseball? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. I think, think Nikki got it. Oh. Let's just make 100% sure, though, before we... <laughs> Is there a character guess. in the movie named Benny the Jet Rodriguez? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Go for the kill there. Do the honors, yeah, please. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you have to catch me up. What are the honors here? Oh, just say, you, can, you can guess the movie name. No. Guess what Is the movie, the movie is. the yeah. movie The Sandlot? It is. Hey. Yeah. There we go. I almost threw you guys off by saying that my wife picked this because when my wife picks it, they have a hard time picking whatever she picks for this. So like one of them was like one of the Ewok movies. Interesting. I wasn't like the, uh, the made for TV. Yes. Me and and my buddy took a lot of work hunting those things down on VHS. Oh, okay. We have it on DVD, but not VHS. Well, it, when I when I looked for them on VHS for him, they didn't exist on DVD. And by the time I found them, the DVD had come out. Oh. I was a little pissed because I was like, <laughs> "Oh shit!" I bought them for him, and then it came out right before Christmas, which is what I'd bought the movie the movies for. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> Are they as horrible as advertised? When you're eight, they were awesome. Okay, I mean, yeah, okay. I see them with like my child lens nostalgia glasses, so like, yeah, it's cute and whatever, but. 
it's they're bad movies yes like nobody should be like what's this about like get a story out of it it's made for money shit but i mean is it better um, than the star wars christmas episode i guess yeah pretty much that's my that's my low bar for star wars yeah no but you guys got it sandlot is sandlot that's a good call i've wasn't even on my brain but like i've watched that movie so many times as a kid like Another good movie the franchise that captures threw me off. kids. Well, well, like, but that's I, I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, based that was on my. I knew tip. there was a sequel, but I wasn't thinking about that. The minute he he had to look and like really verify, like think about what he said during them. Like, okay, yeah, that, that that's it's definitely where we think we're going. It's a good read, <laughs> right good there. Call. I like mm-hmm. it. It's a good call. And it's it, like, it was another movie with kids. That was really yeah, just yeah, the only mm, tie-in I kind of had. Call. Um. The sequel, yeah, I've never seen it, but I you, you don't want to. It's lame. Any good. It's boring. No, it's it's probably it's like one of the you know it's like a a classic. Well, it you was know, like it was the, they the tried Christmas to remake two or like something just, stupid. Yeah. It was made like twenty years after they made the original. It's just part of the right. problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dumb. But. Now, Christmas Story cool. two. You're talking about the one with the tops, the fighting tops. I've never seen it before, but maybe, I actually really I liked know. the movie when I was a kid. A Christmas Story two. Or what it's it's called it's not called a Christmas story too, but it's a it is. Uh it's, talking about as a summer story or something like that. Yeah, a summer story. I think that's what it's called. Oh, oh a really? Story. And it takes place around the World's Fair as part of the context. Yeah. Is it the same kid? Weird. No. Yeah, it's about Ralphie. It's well, oh, it's about acting Ralphie? wise acting wise, no, but I mean it's the same it's okay. designed to be the same family. Nice. That's cool. I didn't even know that existed. Do you, you guys by chance watch the a new version, the new one, the new one with uh, Ralphie. I haven't. I checked it out. Old, old it's Ralphie. Not... It's all right. We we no, celebrate Christmas every month in my house, so it's a. Uh, well, you're from Cleveland, <laughs> and that I, is where, like, you see leg lamps all over the place. I've actually drove past the house yep. probably every day for the past couple yep. years. Really? Yep. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. That's where the house is. Um, Doesn't yeah, someone have bars? It, have, like, it used to be lamps. like a. It used to be like a attraction, but didn't someone buy it? And someone's like the house. Right now? The house is there, and I believe somebody else owns it. But there is across the street, an act. Somebody opened up an actual museum dedicated to it. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. So it's uh, like I said you get to drive by it. And it's it's in like the one of the, what's now like a hip hip neighborhood in Cleveland, I guess. Hmm. But it's an old house. <laughs> <laughs> It was old in the movie, like, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's right. cool. Okay, well, so we talked about Stand by Me. We got freaking deep as hell with that, and then you guys just crushed a good round of movie twenty questions. Uh, Nikki, thank you so much for coming on. It was it's great, yeah, meeting great you. conversation. Um, I feel like we can talk to you a lot. So yeah, we would love to have you on. Um, you're a friend of the show, so we we, we do we need to do better with having guests on the show because it's always interesting to have just a different voice um you know amongst well, us well i mean and as marketing people to not go out and try and find other people to talk about your podcast just seems mm-hmm. like you're leaving money on the table i guess mm-hmm. yeah true very true <laughs> and that's so, how, that's how i ended up meeting you as a commented like what's the best way to like get your podcast out to people I'm like well you you have guests and yeah then you swap podcasts yes uh t- what was it called you have a term for it talk swap um show swap show swap it's like i'll have you on mine you have me on yours yeah and it's like perfect. we each we each do something for each other yeah, yeah it's great yeah it's there cool you go. so oh uh, yeah but thanks again for coming on uh 
if people want to get a hold of you, you threw it out there before, but if you want to remind us, uh, nickpacone.com will get you to everything I do. Road to road to hell film reviews.com. I'll take you to my film review podcast and iron age marketing.com. will take you to my business where I help small creators with the basic basics of marketing to help build their fan base and their audiences. Nice. I'm a dummy, awesome. but the way you say your name is pine cone is how you phonetically would say, right? Like it's pine cone. Well, my name is actually Nick Pucone, but people call me Pinecone, so I just ran with it. Okay. Mm, yeah. Okay. If you want to get great. into the history of my name, it's actually spelled P-I-C-C-O-N-E <laughs> when Grandpa came over on the boat, and they had trouble spelling it back then, and as P-Cone, you know, I, I got tired of P in the cone growing up <laughs> at about the age that this movie took place. I was place. just going to say. So Pinecone was like a nice, let's just pull them away from piss. Oh, that's great. That's good. Uh, all right. And then if people want to get a hold of us, Eric, how can they do that? Well, if you want to follow us, you can follow us at Nomads of Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. You can visit nomadsoffantasy.com for all your nomad needs. You can go to nomadsoffantasy.com slash Discord if you want to hop in there and chat with us. We're always talking about video games and movies and whatever food. else is on Food. We talk food, about food yes. sometimes. We have Lots food. of Pizza Hot, Hot talk. We're a big fancy pizza, pizza talk. Mm. Please sponsor the show. Um, if you want to, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to email us, you can email us at nomadsoffantasy at gmail.com with suggestions, comments, all that good stuff. Um, play our game, whatmapgame.com. If you have some knowledge on video game maps and you want to test them there, um, I dare you. That, I dare you. That's all I got. Anything else before we head out? Good. No? All right. Well, as always, safe travels, no pants. a mouse, Donald's a duck, Pluto's a dog. What's Goofy? If I can only have one food for the rest of my life, that's easy. Pass. Cherry flavor pass. No question about it. Goofy's a dog. He's definitely a dog. I knew the $64,000 question was fixed. There's no way anybody can know that much about opera.
He can't be a dog. He wears a hat and drives a car. Wagon Train's a really cool show, but did you ever notice that they never get anywhere? Just keep wagon training. God, that's weird. What the hell is Goofy? Not one of us mentioned Ray Brower, but we were all thinking about it.